for uh, chasing wins this year. This is Chasing Wins. Game five and going forward, uh, in terms of expectations, uh, we can make predictions, but like adjustments, things of that nature, like what do you expect from a results standpoint and from a execution standpoint? So like the how and then the what, like how are we going to get there and what do you think is going to happen? Um, or we can reverse that. What do you think is going to happen and how do you think we're going to get there? So like for me personally, right, um, my expectations are we win game five. And then game six is the Lakers' chance to win, like, the series. Now, would I – would I ex- like, I think we have an opportunity to come back from 3-1. Um, now, opportunity, sure. Do we – is it probable? I don't know. I mean, game six we've seen in the past, like, game six against the Thunder. That was, like, what, eight years ago, um, seven years ago? And, and then you got the game against, like, game seven against – the Rockets, right? We've been in these road situations where we are in a, a must-win elimination game, and we've come through. Even last series against Sacramento, like Steph just took over in Game Seven, but Game Six on the road, um, you're gonna need others to step up, right? So I'll take it. One, let's take it one game at a time. In Game Five, uh, you expect to win, and what? Like, do you see any adjustments that we make? Um, overall, like, what are your thoughts on that? So game five is do or die. And I do expect the Warriors to win that game because they're, they're just better at home. Uh, but you have to, number one, you have to treat it like a game seven. That means the minutes, the ministry, uh, game four, Steph Curry comes out of the game at the what? Six minute mark. And then comes back with less than two minutes remaining. In the first quarter, the Warriors scored 21 points in the first quarter. Like that's, and he sat out for uh, four plus minutes of it. That's insane to me. Like, yo, you're you're on the road. Like, wh- what do you see sitting that long for? You know what I'm saying? Like, give him a two minute breather, have him come back, and have him run the offense. Instead, they took it casual. They gave the ball to Jordan Poole, and they try to parked Steph in the corner and allowed the Warriors to play four on four with Jordan Poole. You're, you're putting your lives on the line on Jordan Poole, who's been very inconsistent and the play, basically the play of Jordan Poole and Dante DiVincenzo. I, I'm sorry, but on the road, I'm not doing that. I'm not relying on those possessions. How, how many points did the Warriors lose this game by these, these, yeah. these possessions are pretty fucking important and you're wasting it. And you're, putting your putting uh the livelihood of your team on these guys that have not performed like it doesn't make any sense and then the one time that they did use Steph Curry uh in that final uh two minutes right they got a wide open Dante DiVincenzo corner three out of it and he hit it right you give him a wide open shot uh he he can hit that you know what I'm saying so don't rely on these other guys to create opportunities because it's much harder for them to create than it is for Steph Curry to uh, create. So so you expect in game five that it's going to be a lot of Steph, Steph Curry. Um, and going forward in game six, possibly game seven, like, do you expect a high dosage, a high, um, like a, like a, like a steady diet, a pick and roll? Like, 
we're not going to really stray away from that. I know we did that for a lot in game four, but we strayed away from it in the second half. Like, I could see – so this is what I'll say. Drawing back from, from when we were down 3-1 against OKC, um, and even against Houston, we were down 3-2. They really leaned into pick and roll. Like, it felt like every possession in those series – um, I remember, and, and it's funny, the Thunder were switching everything. Ibaka, Steven Adams, Kevin Durant, they were switching everything. Yep. And these dudes are like legit 6'10", 6'11", like they can move, um, okay. And they got like the wingspan, didn't matter. Steph was just hunting every switch and he had like seven threes in game seven or eight threes in that game seven against OKC. He was legit in that third quarter. I remember he was just hunting. It felt like Steven Adams got hunted on the same play three times in a row. Like they didn't mince words. They didn't mince anything. They were locked in on just hunting dudes and and getting into that pick and roll and just having Steph Curry attack those mismatches. It's funny because also last year in game six against Memphis, they did the same thing to Steven Adams too as well. Like they – Really, Clay Thompson was running pick and roll from the get-go. Like, they were forcing Adams to contest. Kind of like what we do with AD here. But we, again, we're straying away from it. I feel like down 3-1, right, I kind of expect them to almost exclusively run pick and roll. Um, Obviously, they're going to run some motion stuff by nature. But I expect us like an 80-20 split, maybe even... You know, maybe 75-25, but, like, it felt like last game it was kind of like 60-40 or maybe, you know, 65-35. I expect closer to 80-20, maybe even 90-10, depending on the game uh, of pick and roll. You saw it against the the Rockets as well. The Rockets, we were just running straight pick and roll. That game seven, com- like, it was all isolation and pick and roll. Um, and... Transition is going to be important as well because if you can capitalize there, you don't have to like depend on your stars as much to just save you. But Steph Curry, we saw in Game Seven against Sacramento what that looks like when he takes a bunch of shots and they're running high ball screen and they're running all these sets. Like I just expect if if the if the Lakers are going to switch these actions, I just expect Steph and hopefully. Pool and Clay and Wiggins to like just attack mismatches and capitalize, but I'm gonna I'm gonna expect a lot of Steph, and if it's gonna be Anthony Davis out there, if it's gonna be LeBron out there, um, you know, whoever it is, like even the smaller guards, like Steph is gonna Steph should just be thinking attack, 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 because there's like you said there's no wasting possessions at this point you're down 3-1 you have to like it's all hands on deck you got to go all out and you got to just develop and lean into whatever you can whatever the most efficient possessions are and so defensively i actually think we've been okay uh we've done a decent job on that end but i think offensively we can do a much better job of involving um, and developing certain sets that allow for more efficient possessions. And again, a- attacking mismatches, running the high ball screens uh, in the pick and roll, and also uh, 
just straight, like, just taking the big and taking the help defenders out the paint, forcing switches and mismatches. Like, Wiggins in the post, if you're switching actions, like, Wiggins is going to have a mismatch down there. If you're switching actions in Clay, Clay, you got to you gotta space the floor and allow him to just isolate, figure something out. If Jordan Poole, like, taking Wenyan Gabriel or whoever is on the floor, like, even Lonnie Walker, you got to attack certain dudes. And with ultimately Steph, like Steph got to attack whoever's in front of him. And you got to hunt. You just got to hunt. Just like teams, Lonnie Walker, they hunted Steph last game, tried to get his legs tired. They they walked him down. It felt like Kyrie in 2016, just every possession, they were just trying to walk him down every time. And Lonnie made shots, but like, you got to do that for three or four quarters if you're the Warriors. You got to think about that. Trey, you yeah. got to think about that from the standpoint of the Lakers as well. You could argue that, you know, people think like, oh, Steph Curry's tired now because he ran too many pick and rolls. No, right. it's because he, he's being hunted on both, like on, on the defensive end too, guarding LeBron James, guarding all these guys that are more uh, either significantly bigger than him or right. significantly more athletic than him. So, um, it, you know, and that, that, has a say in how he executes offensively down the stretch as well. Of course, he needs a little more help in terms of like his teammates coming through and taking better shots when it comes to Clay Thompson uh, coming, um, you know, Wiggins making better decisions on how to attack and not just settling for the three just because it's there, um, especially if it's not falling. So, um, and, and he, you know, he's, he's great when he's, when he's downhill and attacking, uh, or like you said, like hunting mismatches, whatever the case may be. Uh, the, the other thing that automatically happens when you get AD out uh, of the paint is that you have an opportunity to offensive rebound. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's f- partly how you know AD ended up on that ISO against Curry. And what happened? Yep. Draymond getting that. Draymond gets the offensive rebound. Why? Because he has Schroeder on him. By the way, he should have finished that layup. You know, if that was Wiggins, he's finishing that layup because. Uh, basically, you know, LeBron was trying to recover, recover on Wiggins, and uh, there was a point where Draymond had just, you know, shorter on his back, and he was stumbling like he wasn't even in position to guard him. So all he had to do was put the layup, uh, put it, put it, uh, put it straight up for a layup, and the Warriors would have a one point lead. Instead, he kicks it back out to Steph Curry, who was already tired from doing all of this, carrying everything on his back. You know, f- f- 14 turn, uh, 14 um, assists, uh, one turnover. Up until that final moment where he, you know, he got that rebound and ended up throwing it away. That that was his second turnover of the game. So he was an absolute master in the pick and roll, like just taking care of the ball and just executing with so much ease because so many guys are just wide open in the on, on the four and three when he sees it. So he's able to find the seams. Sometimes you have to be a little patient and keep your dribble on, in the pick and roll. You don't have to panic and just pass. Uh, you know, unless they're trapping him hard. That's when you just give it up, right? Let me and, let me ask you this. So you we both think that they're gonna win game five. Um have to. Which means that game six is probably gonna be the 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 game that's like, okay, um, this is it. Like this is probably the game where if the Lakers are gonna win the series, this is it. Do you expect them to win game six and then also like, for me, this is my answer, right? So I think if if Game 5, if it's just Steph Curry just having to carry the load 
and he has like 44 points and all this stuff. I don't think and, it'll come to that, but go on. No, yeah, yeah. If if that's what's happening and this team is dead in the water, I think it's over in six. Like, I don't see this, but I don't see this going past six because it just if they if these guys can't help him at home, and that's the trend. Like, look at last game, look at then game five. If that happens in game five, and the trend is is that these guys just aren't going to be able to contribute in any meaningful way. I don't expect them to win game six. But if you tell me that Jordan Poole has 18 points tonight and Clay is, you know, has an efficient 22 and Wiggins has a good, you know, 15 points, but really good defense and guys are just filling in and, you know, you see some rhythm, you see some, some stuff is being built and some, some chemistry and, they're kind of figuring it out, you know, and may, maybe they make a couple adjustments, some rotation tweaks. Uh, they stick with GP2. If I'm seeing some positive trends and I'm, I'm seeing some, you know, encouraging signs, I think they win game six, like honestly, because I don't want to see a, a, a scenario where Steph is carrying the load tonight and then game six, it's like now he has to do it again, but even more because all these guys are going to play worse. Like, if if guys are helping him out tonight and there's a balanced attack and a balanced effort offensively and defensively, you know, we're sharp, we're rotating, we're we're boxing out, we're doing all the right things. And he only needs like to score 24 points, maybe eight assists, like he's not doing too much, and we kind of blow them out by like 17. Which is the ideal scenario, by the way. Like, if that's what happens, I feel good about game six. And then we'll see what happens in that game. If we win that game, then game seven, anything could happen. But one game at a time. But again, is that kind of your stance as well? Like if we win tonight, not necessarily how we win, or not not, not necessarily that that we win, but how we win. Um, like what do you see in terms of game five? I know you said we, you think we'll win, but in game six, like is there like a if you if you see Steph kind of backpacking. Do you see us like not going past six? Like, how do you see that unfolding? I think that, uh, you know, people, it is what it is uh, when it comes to this roster uh, and the construction of it and stuff like this. Uh, they just, because they have such little margin for error, you just have to maximize your uh, the possessions that you play, right? That, that's really, it's that simple. The more possessions you have where you're getting good shots and open shots, wide open shots, you live with them because they're the best shots that you could possibly get against a defense like this. Rather than trying to uh, create something out of not nothing from the motion, they're blowing everything up, and then you're getting some tough, contested, desperate thing with like four seconds on the shot clock and the motion, which is what usually happens. And, you know, the Warriors have shown that they can also shit the bed uh, at home uh, as they did in game six um, against the Kings, right? So it can happen. And this is a, this is a do or die situation. So even though it's a game at home, these guys still might feel a lot of pressure uh, at home. And you have to be able to read and recognize that if that's the case. Uh, And if that's the case, then you must shorten the rotations. You must play Steph Curry a lot more than like in the first half, you know, Curry, they act like, oh, Curry's got to get, like, this four minutes of rest. That's insane. You know, this is the – this is what – it is what it is. You have to maximize the use of your best player because of the the lack of margin for error. 
And because you have mm -hmm. a shorter, uh, shorthanded roster and you just have holes, right? So you have to have a perfect game plan uh, to uh, get the most points possible out of each possession. And that is with Steph Curry on the floor. And that is with Steph Curry creating the pick and roll, uh, the high pick and roll with AD, specifically AD. And uh, if there are times where, for example, a Clay Thompson may have to run that pick and roll, um, that can work too. Because if you play the pick and roll with him, uh, they also still want to stay on the shooter, right? Uh, so uh, they can trap him and he can still, he's shown the ability to kind of get out of that, right? So, um, so, so ultimately, you expect the others to help out. And uh, not only tonight, but maybe in game six as well, like, you expect like two through seven to be, you know, maybe not everybody, but by and large collectively be effective and contribute to help us win. I know GP2 is going to be effective. And I know that Wiggins uh, will be effective uh, when they play together. And uh, I expect Clay to be uh, shooting better from home. Uh, but if he doesn't, the Warriors have shown time and time and time again that they are able to overcome that because he has had so many bad games and the Warriors still are able to win convincingly anyway when they have a lot of possessions where they're getting open, wide open layups and stuff like this. You're not supposed to be able to get those in the playoffs. Everything is supposed to be difficult, but Curry creates this advantage. And like I said before, in regards to Curry being a little more tired because he's being targeted, it's the same thing with AD, right? Um, you can tire him out and allow him to be less effective on offense on the offensive end as well. It goes hand in hand. So uh, do the same thing to him. He is, you target him, uh, their defense becomes the most vulnerable because there's not another guy that comes even remotely close to being what he's able to do in the paint for the Lakers, right? So yeah, do make it simple, man. This is not rocket science. It's not difficult, right? You've seen what works to the point that national media is attacking this. National media don't attack Steve Kerr. They don't question the schemes. You know what I'm saying? Like they're the home hometown guys never do it in fear of like messing up the relationship or whatever. But even for a guy like Stan Van Gundy to be asking for the Warriors to be spamming that and questioning why they went away from that in his broadcast, not once, but twice. I don't think that's an easy thing to do for a coach to directly question the schemes and the uh, game plan uh, all together because he sees what's right in front of him and he sees how easy of a shot the Warriors are getting when they play that. So he's just like, why are you running anything other than that? Because this thing is working and that thing is not, right? So what is the purpose of that and why are you doing that? You know what I mean? And uh, there are articles coming out about it. Uh, JJ Redick, uh, who's trying to become a coach apparently, uh, along with Tim Legler, having a conversation about that on their podcast. JJ Reddick calling it out uh, on um, first take with Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith agreeing with it. It's not just me anymore, Dre. It's a lot of people asking for this pick and roll and questioning why Kerr is not doing it, why he didn't do it in game one, why it worked in game two but went away from it again in game three. Why did they go away from it again in, uh, the in game four in the final 10 minutes? going away from the most effective pick-and-roll player in uh, Gary Payton. Like, what are you doing, right? So uh, this is this is really on Steve Kerr. He blew, he blew that home court advantage, and he blew uh, uh, game four, right? 
by going away from what was working. You say pick and roll, there's context to the pick and roll. Uh, the whole idea of the pick and roll in the playoffs for the Warriors specifically is that uh, nobody can, nobody can, nobody has been able to figure out how to stop the uh, Steph Curry pick and roll against the, their primary big. That's the biggest key to their uh, championships and going small and uh, putting all that pressure on the uh, big to the point the uh, the other team has to adjust and uh, force the you know what I'm saying like force the other team to adjust yep, instead yep. of instead of bailing them out and doing it for them by going away from what was hurting them the most in the first place yeah no you're exactly right no and 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 I hope that and I kind of expect in games five through you know whatever it, whether it's five six seven whatever it is. I expect them to kind of go that thunder route where they're just they're just running straight high ball screen every time. And if Anthony Davis is out there, you're attacking him. If LeBron's out there, you're attacking him. If they trap, you're attacking four on three. Um, yeah. I just expect them to mismatch hunt, and they're gonna do uh, what they can. I think I don't think they're gonna they're gonna play around like game five, uh, and then hopefully if we play game six, like. I expect them to to all hands on deck, run, pick, and roll quarters. I mean, high ball screen one through four. Like I, I don't. If they go away from it, like that's um, that's on them because uh, they kind of know the formula at this point. Like it's pretty self evident and clear on uh, what we need to do to win. We've done it in the past. We have a historical uh, basis and uh, precedent that we've set that. Um, it's, a, it's it's straight out the blueprint um multiple times so uh any any final points that you have or uh, i can't emphasize enough that attacking ad in the high pick and roll uh and attacking lebron james in the high pick and roll are two completely different things because that doesn't necessarily completely get ad out of the equation right so uh it's not as big of an advantage doing that so and lebron the fair play to him, like he he's been pretty good, uh, and he even he even caught up to Steph Curry on one of the drives and blocked him right uh, off that pick and roll action. So one of the key things again is high, higher the better, right? The closer to the basket that you're running this, there's less space and more opportunity for the defense to recover. Whereas the higher you run it, there is more space to work with. Uh, AD just has. Uh, a longer way to get back into the picture. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, you got to understand the context of the pick and roll. You just can't be running it a bunch of times against LeBron James uh, while AD still has an opportunity to reco- uh, help uh, play good defense uh, in that scenario. Yeah, but if um if AD's off the court, then... Right, I if AD's have... off the court, but when he's on yeah. the court is yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. talking about because he that's what the Warriors the- did in game four. You know, they, they did run pick and rolls. However, they ran against LeBron James. It was much less effective. It was, yeah. And, but Jordan, and I, I would say Jordan needs to be better at, like, he was settling for, like, 30 footers or, like, like these, like, three, like, LeBron was just in deep drop. Like, he wasn't even coming out there. And, like, you got to go at LeBron. You can't, like, in the paint, you have to make him make a decision. Either give you the layup or foul or something. But, like, when 80's off the court, you can go at LeBron and make him defend. Like, not as a help defender, but as, like, a legit on-ball kind of having to, like, move his feet, slide his feet, and recover. Um, yeah, listen. 
the yeah. Lakers made an adjustment with Lonnie Walker. He's certifiably a much bigger threat than a guy like Troy Brown Jr., right? It, it changes the complexion of how the Warriors' defense needs to operate. And the Warriors can't allow uh, many more lapses defensively. And Jordan Poole uh, being the liability that he he is, uh, he the Warriors are trying to survive the menace that Jordan Poole plays at this point. They're not, you know what I'm saying? They're not going to him to provide a lead or anything along those lines. They're just hoping that he plays well enough to either retain a lead or not get too far behind while Steph Curry's off the floor. So um, you can't be liberal with these minutes. Uh, every every game is a game seven, and they need to treat it as such, and they need to uh, maximize these Curry minutes. They can't be sitting him for three, four minutes uh, at a time of a quarter. There's no time for that anymore, unfortunately. Unfortunately.